Good evening, family. How's everybody doing today? This is Kilted Christian, episode 458, Habakkuk. That's right. 
I practiced it. Thanks to Conley. Give me a little lead. Guys, we're going to be uh, going over a little topic here about how to kind of carry on from where we have been talking about, about how God uses certain people, certain events and so forth that may make us question God. Why are you letting this happen? But it's always for his greater good. After we get done with a little bit of news, once again, Kilt the Christian, episode 458, Habakkuk. Let's get to it. We are many nations around the world, comprised of many cultures, but we stand together in a battle between good and evil. We're the seekers of wisdom, the bringers of truth, the hands of heaven, and the voices of reason. As the world tries to divide us by our differences, we only grow stronger as we are bound together as the children of God. And it's always great to see you. For those of you that I did not get a chance to say hello to in the opening, God bless you and thanks for being here. It's great to see you, Suze. Nikki Knigget, great to see you too, sister. Um, Olivia will be typing live from the bedroom. She's uh, not feeling great today, so I said take a night off, get some rest, relax, sit back. But we got the Conley here. Conley, brother, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm doing my show from the bed too. I just moved my mic and everything in there. Yeah, I know, man. It's it's <laughs> it's nice. I'm just laying down. I have the mic hanging from the top of the bed post. <laughs> I do. I do. I do. I had to move back the canopy stuff, but it's all right. Oh yeah. I'm good. Yeah, we don't have the canopy yet. We just had the bars. <laughs> the bars. <laughs> Actually, it's mosquito netting. Exactly. I like to call it something different. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I'll tell you, um that bed was a whole lot better to, uh, easier to put together than the greenhouse. Of course, <laughs> we found something that's more difficult tonight than the greenhouse. Apparently this oven that we have, man, we've been, we've been ragging on this oven since we got here. Uh, it's not the greatest oven and it took an hour and a half to two hours to make our French fries semi crunchy. So we would have been done with our, uh, we would have been done with our, uh, greenhouse before those French fries were done. <laughs> what happened with the oven? Um, it's slower than I like an oven to be. I just, I'll leave it that way. It's is I, it it's, old school oven. Well, no, it's, it's, it's an older, newer oven. It's, it's not the, the eye. See, I prefer personally, I prefer gas. Mm -hmm. Um, but if I don't have gas, I prefer the old school eyes and not the flat tops. I hate those flat tops, man. Cause I can never get, get it to heat the way I want to. And Nikki, yeah, we're actually going to, um, get an air fryer at some point, at least to make our French fries crispy. But, um, that's the way, but the oven takes it, it's some days it seems to make things cook quicker. Some days it makes, seems to make things work slower. Um, and I'm one of those, I, I cook by ear as well as eyes, you know what I'm saying? So I like to hear the sound of like your oil frying is your sauteing onions and everything is by looks because it just never gets to the point where it starts like a good saute. There's no flambe or anything like this on this oven. Really? Is it just, is it kind of chill then? Yeah. It's just kind of a chill it's, oven. If this would, if this oven was a human, it'd be a hippie. It would be a hippie. Yeah. I'd look in the back for any dried kale back there. Yeah. There's probably some dried kale in that oven. <laughs> now we've, I've actually been pricing other ovens. Just, I'm, I'm going to go old school. Cause here's the thing. We, we, we may have discussed this at some point. Everything that was built back in the fifties and the sixties is mm -hmm. pretty much still working today. Like those old frigid air refrigerators, like all of that stuff, still working hard today. Um, yeah, I mean, look at Pelosi and Schumer. Yeah, look at and exactly. McConnell. And, and McConnell, mm. exactly. Like they're they're great examples, <laughs> except they don't work great. They work. I mean, they were built in the 1850s, but whatever. <laughs> exactly, they still work. Um, <laughs> it's not well ish, exactly. Um, ish. But yeah, so it's like everything that was built back in the day was quality. 
and now you buy something and you're like, you get like five, six years out of it. Like one of the, the complaints that I had uh, not too long ago were the old ball cocks that you would had in your toilet. Um, those the things, the, the ball cock, it's, oh, that's fun to say too. <laughs> but, they, but those things would work. Like you get like 15 to 20 years out of a ball cock. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, the new things, those little like, uh, water saving, I don't even know what they call like, like water valves we call or whatever floats. they call Yeah. We call the, them floats. The floaters. In the, in the, t- the floats in the, t- in the toilet. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Right? Those, those things, well, that's a record. <laughs> Actually, they were called ball cocks. So I'm this, I didn't just make this up and I'm not saying it cause it sounds funny that back in the day, those things were called ball cocks. They um, were. Now that, uh, that's also the name of the transportation secretary. <laughs> <laughs> you want booty juice? Is that what Biden calls a booty juice? But yeah, so so glad we're praying later. But even those things, like you get five years out of these new fill valves in the toilets. You know what I'm saying? So you replace them. You're like, all right, got five years. Man, the ball cock would have been around for 20 years. But you know, so everything that they make is just completely disposable. Um, you know, and I hate working with it because, like, I even went online. I'm like, I got to find an old school ball cock. But they don't even sell them online anymore. Um, same thing with the stoves. Matter of fact, like even the new stoves. Um, this is the reason we haven't purchased one yet, is because I always read all of the um reviews. And mm-hmm. these new stoves that they're putting out with the eyes on them have like a little pressure valve on it. So okay. it sits right in the center of the eye. So when you place your pan on it, um, it'll stay on as long as you've got a pan. And whatever's in it weighs enough to push down the pressure. Other than that, it goes on down low, on down Oops. low. And that's what everybody was complaining about. So you, oh. or if you don't have the right shape pan, it doesn't work either. Yeah. See, the people know maybe what I'm talking about. Maybe it needs a ball cock. Maybe it does need a ball cock. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go, what I'm going to try to find, we live in an area, I'm like, man, there's got to be like a an old 50s stove here. Other than that, I'm going old school with the old Benjamin Franklin stove. Those always I would. Work. When in doubt, light some wood on fire. Yeah. When in doubt, go out to the fire pit in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I prefer grilling yeah. and stuff anyways outside. Um, you know, but I do a lot of like dishes that are sauteed dishes and stuff like that, right. which are easier, you know, obviously on the stove, if the stove works, you know, so it just, it gets, <laughs> it gets old, man. And, and like I said, is like, if you want anything that's halfway decent, you're paying like a thousand bucks at least for an oven or, you know, refrigerators are like 17 to 2000. And then apparently color cost. Cause I was looking at them and I was like, Oh, well, how much is the stainless steel? It's like $500 more than the other one with the same exact schematics and everything as the black one or the white one. It's just not stainless steel. So shut up. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I didn't know that. Fortunately, I don't really care too much about that. I just want my food to cook good and I want my french fries to be cooked in less than two hours. <laughs> and, and I'm not saying it because I know like Rain and I were literally making bets. <laughs> we were like, are they done yet? Are they done yet? Are they done yet? And finally, we were like, that's it. I'm giving up. I'm just going to take the crunchy french fries and put the soggy ones in the center and make like a french fry sandwich. Making memories, man. Exactly. Making memories. But we are, we are, um, she was actually talking about an air fryer. I've never used an air fryer. I'm like an old school, um, an old it's school. It's pretty fan. cool. It's not, it's not horrible. It's not horrible. It's, it's a pretty cool deal, man. Oh yeah. It, it, yeah. You know, I'm not, I mean, I don't use them a whole lot, but they're pretty cool. Well, I'll give it a shot and uh, she knows how to use them. 
So yeah. uh, I'll be happy with that. Like tonight's um, conversation was a, uh, what goes on French fries? Like she was like, what do you want on your French fries? I said, lots of mustard and a little bit of ketchup. And then she was dipping them in ranch. And then Moonwolf comes up and mm -hmm. was like, uh, give me some mayonnaise, you know? So that's like British style right there. Mayonnaise or, or uh, malt vinegar. Malt vinegar, but mayonnaise? Mayonnaise. Ranch I get. Mustard I get. Salsa, even that too. Ketchup. I like mixing mine with ranch and sriracha. I yeah. think you could mix sriracha with anything and it'd be good. Yeah, barbecue like sauce, love honey mustard, like... I just, I'm a, I'm a more of a mustard fan than a ketchup fan. Like even on my Sorry. burgers, it'll be like twice as much mustard as there is ketchup. Same John thing. Kerry ruined me on that. Oh, did he? Yeah. No mustard. I mean, a no ketchup. Yeah. He ruined He's the it. Heinz guy. They yeah. He ruined it for everybody. They ruined everything. Thanks, John Kerry. Yeah. So I just, I, I like spice over sweet and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I don't put ketchup on many things, especially my steaks. God, I know there's no, some people that's that, heresy. They, that'll that you know we talked about the unforgivable sin. Yes, that is in the subtext of that. Yes, it is. But there ketchup are people. On steak. There are people mm -hmm. right here in this chat that like ketchup on their steaks. Mm -hmm. Y'all need to really kind of just spend a little more time with Jesus and figure out if that's really good or not. <laughs> is that that's one of those things? Like you think repenting and having that relationship with Jesus is enough, but you get into heaven, he's like. You put what on your steak? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's sorry. Like, nope, you have been removed from the book of life. Yeah. Even Satan's down there going, we don't even allow that here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, where are you going to go? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Apparently you're in purgatory. I know. Forever. Laura Lee, I'm sorry for anybody who is coming into this conversation late. And any given night, you walk into a conversation <laughs> like, what did I just walk into? You almost, well, if this was a door, you would turn around and walk back out. <laughs> well, you completely missed uh, the, all the conversation about jiggling the ball cock to get the water flowing. Yes, exactly. So uh, mm -hmm. you might want to go back and catch this so that you're not completely <laughs> scratching your head going, what did I just walk into? Um, <laughs> but you know what? The conversation. Well, ball cock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, That's the, what baseball players do. Exactly. <laughs> But the conversations that we're having right now still aren't as crazy as what goes on in our regular mm. world. It is. And, and, we, and actually much more cleaner, believe yeah. it or not. And believe it or not, it is. It's a whole lot more clean than what we're dealing with in the world right now. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we've been discussing, you know, we discussed last night about McCarthy coming out and saying, hey, we're going to start an investigation against Biden, which probably should have been started about, I don't know, eight months ago. But hey, I digress. No. Um and it just happened to be right after Gates just unleashes on him. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm sure that the timing of that was was just a coincidence, right? So, so now, so you guys remember the Trump indictments. They were like, Trump's going to be guilty. They're going after him. He's going to be impeached, blah, 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 all this neat stuff. Um, that was the media. And now the media is literally doing the, the media was activated. They were given their, they were given their footnotes and now they, Actually, all, they were, they were all on the same board. So mm -hmm. Jonathan Turley, this comes from him. And he says, uh, the letter has an uncomfortable feeling of marching orders to the media. It is also notable in the role of the white house counsel's office. It removes any pretense of separation between the Biden personal legal team and the white house counsel's office. Um, so they're all giving their notes and all the media today is saying the same thing that, that shit, or excuse me, that uh, Schumer said yesterday, which is 
this is a witch hunt. Do you remember anyone that called uh, what they did against Trump a witch hunt? How they went after us? Like, you can't say that. We'll get to the bottom of this. Let the information come out. I mean, once again, Conley, I, I ask you the question. Are they being forced to do this? Because like everything, every single thing is hypocrisy and a juxtaposition between what they did with Trump to what they're doing with Biden. What they're doing now. I think what it is, I tell you what, I think it's God. I know it's God. But because it is all of that with the juxtaposition and and the hypocrisy and, you know, like we are about to talk about later with Habakkuk. With Habakkuk. With Habakkuk. Habakkuk. And, uh, they are they i i think they play long game but i think that the politicians in the united states are just useful idiots and tools so they really are short-sighted and they just think the old ways where people had short-term memories and they didn't really pay attention to that they were able to gaslight and project pretty well yeah and like uh recovering democrats said earlier you, they 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 had a a large percentage of people that would just vote Democrat or Republican, even for that matter, just vote straight ticket. They've been able to have that for a long time, Be, and and they haven't changed their phraseology or language very well, obviously, because you have Schumer saying all this stuff, and they are losing a lot of people. So I think it is just God allowing people to see what's 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 what and they get to make their own decisions i can tell you based on the based on the text that i've had tonight even during my show there are people still who are willingly and purposely not willing to acknowledge it's like the it's like the world the political world started in 2016 and has gone forward it's they they or things that didn't happen to trump that the republic or that the democrats did all the bad stuff only started when trump came around and it's not continuing now and nothing was going on ever before trump there was no racism there was no election fraud there was no weaponization of the government none of that until trump it just happens literally yeah it just happens to be the anti-trump the anti-establishment guy comes in and now there's problems Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you can, that's all it's just rage, 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 yeah. rage. Oh yeah. I, I get some of that as well. And, you know, I honestly think that tonight's topic um, of Habakkuk is probably the best of all the examples that I'm using this week as to what we're dealing with right now. And, um, as I was going through and just reading different scriptures and different, um, articles and different perspectives on this particular topic. I came across one that literally fits into the day rather well, kind of going back and forth was showing, you know, what took place then and what's taking place right now. So that's, we'll get into that here in a little bit. Right. So good news. Um, no more Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney will not be seeking reelection in 2024 for the Senate. Oh, for the Senate. Think he's going to try to sneak in there and try to run for president. Listen to if you play, if you have the clip, I don't, play, I gotta, I'm, I'll, I'll let an, you, you have an article. I'll let you. Okay. I was going to let you play it. Listen to what he says. Listen to who he t- attacks. And 
don't be too surprised if he just doesn't up and go, well, you know, it'll be for the good of the country if I just go ahead and throw my hat into the ring because um, everybody else that the Republican establishment has tried to put in there is failing. Yep. He's not going to throw his hat in the ring. He's going to throw his dog on top of the car. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to go old school Chevy Chase. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I made a decision. We've thrown the dog on top of the car and I'm entering the presidential race. Yes. Because we need to bring back sanity. Sanity is what we need. And only I, Mittens Romney, Pierre Delecto, can bring it back. I know. It's like we, we can't stand Pierre Delecto as a congressman or a senator or I don't know, a man, much less mm-hmm. like president. Like he is going to have the ratings of Chris Christie. Yes, but not the waistline. And that's what people are looking to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or, or, or the Krispy Kreme habit. Or the Krispy, yeah. Yeah, or the Krispy Kreme habit. He's got his <laughs> other habits, though, like dog killing. That's kind of worse. <laughs> than the, I, I kind of go for the Krispy Kreme guy over the uh, dog killer. Wow. You know, or the Olympic organizer, or I I would go for the Krispy Kreme guy over anybody that lost to Obama in the third debate. Yeah. And that's what Mittens did. Yes, he did. Actually, he he caved because that was the plan because they needed Obama in. And that's what happened. Or that's an epic meltdown by Mitt Romney. No, he was running the running the running the game plan. Hey, Mary brought up the newlywed game two and two. No, that was uh that was the uh that was uh that wasn't the dating game. What was it that uh Chuck Woolery did? Oh was it it wasn't the the newlywed game? It wasn't the newlywed game? No, No, that was that was uh, was whoopee. That's right. That was like that was whoopee. What's your favorite place to make whoopee? I don't know, in my neighbor's yard, you know, those kind of (laughs) answers all those in the sixties and (laughs) seventies. The love connection. what there was a clip that got yeah, the love connection. That was that was the two and two. Yeah. One of my favorite clips is the guy. I can't who was the host of the of the dating game. Remember that guy? He was that. really good. Yeah. He'd go to him. He's like, what he asked one couple, he said, What is what is something your neighbor has that you uh, more of than you? And the and the guy goes, um, grass. And uh <laughs> or what do you have more of than your neighbor? And he said grass. And his wife was like, no, she put up something else. He's like, I'm not too sure about it. She goes, we have dirt. He's like, I'm not too sure about that. You never know what's in our house. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, this is straight up 70s. Answer. That, that would be the dating game would be the most dangerous game to play today. Because you're like, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, exactly. What, what do I have that most women don't? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it would. I wouldn't dating want period that. Yeah. is the most dangerous game. I would. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the same thing with imagine any dating app right now. Like where you you know you have male, female, and always a male and always a female. <laughs> and then you get called out because you feel bad because you swiped left or right, and you go, "Well, I got to swipe up," or "I got to just never mind." I'm deleting it. Yeah, I quit. <laughs> I quit. I quit. You've also got to put conservative. And I had a joke in one of my videos where talking about um swiping left like a conservative sees libra and swipes left automatically oh i thought i said liberal <laughs> it's the same thing yeah. <laughs> and you just never know now man you just don't you gotta you gotta <laughs> you gotta do a cup check uh almost no you do 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know you've got to ask some very specific questions now. Not Pointed like uh, questions. So what do you do mm-hmm. for a living? It's like I you know, you would start off with more of a um were you born a girl? <laughs> That's right. So how long have you been a man? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, we're joking, man, but like I don't know, man. I haven't been on a dating site. I, I just can imagine what it's like right now having to ask these certain questions. I mean, do they have more than a he, her? They probably have like shim, sure, she, shim, paint, paint self. Like, I don't know. I don't know. You just, <laughs> there's just so many. Yeah, exactly. To the, ask the female, do you have to shave your face? You do. Where do you put the tampon? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because you even had the one at one time the, that was a Christian site. It was an all Christian um, dating site that's now yeah. like the exact opposite of that. Was it Christian Tingle or whatever that was? No, it was, uh, I don't know what it was called. I can't Christian what, Mingle? It Christian wasn't Tingle? Christian Mingle. It didn't say Christian in the, in the name. E-Harmony. Thank you, Tam. Yeah, E-Harmony was the one that was like Christian, very Christian. Yes, um, right. Yeah. yeah. And I even tried to get my mom on that site at one time, you know. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I mean, she she just doesn't go anywhere. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, well, look, you know, maybe you can meet somebody here and there's always nothing but scammers. Like I was like, okay, now I'm going to get you off of this site. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But the thing is, is they went from like, they were really like hardcore. Like if you said, you know, been married before divorce, like you couldn't get in there. You know what I'm saying? They were very, and now it's like, uh, well, if you were born a man, um, you can't be here. I mean, it's like literally the exact opposite of a Christian site right now. Dude, they have people like that chick that's running for the uh, Democrat Virginia <laughs> race, yeah. and they've got couples in there looking for a third yeah. on a lot of those things. Oh, yeah, exactly. Have you been vaccinated? Are you unvaccinated? Do you wear a mask? Do you wear Dude, that's, I wish. Although that would be easy. Like, you know, if, if you were like, I guess, looking through the pictures and you saw him wear the mask, you're like, we're left. Left. Yep, left left is the right automatic way, right? i'm almost i almost relish the man those mask mandates coming back because then you can tell oh no you yeah, can tell yeah exactly mm-hmm. liberal 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 mm-hmm. liberal exactly it does uh separate us it separates mm-hmm. the wheat from the chaff it sure does and that's what we need is some separating and there's people the ones that were like man i don't want the mask mandate to leave it's like uh I mean, you can't hide behind that forever. Eventually, you're going to have to take that mask off. And whoever you're dating is going to see that you're either not attractive or attractive. Like, you can't just keep that mask on forever, although they would try. Although the criminals seem to find a way to do that. Yes, they do. I know. And they certainly use it at our event. Because I remember when this whole first thing started, Mm -hmm. um, the banks were adamant about you wearing a mask. You know what I'm saying? So in order yep. to get into one, you had to put on that mask, which is like one of the very few times that I ever did. But I remember standing outside of my bank going, this doesn't feel right, man. I'm going to walk in there and get shot. Mm-hmm. The criminal, if you're going to go rob a bank, you have to go in maskless. Yeah. 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 We stole that from them. Thanks, liberals. Yeah, because I usually don't bank go, robbers upset now. Yeah, I usually don't go into the bank. I had to go into the bank for my mom and uh or to go in the bank with my mom. And okay. uh so I was like, it was like I said, like I I so so seldom wore that mask. It was like taking her to the hospital or basically anything that my mom had to do that I had no choice. Um, right. 
But like I said, I stood out there and I was like, man, I, I think I would feel safer walking into a bank with a gun on my side than a mask on my face. Mm-hmm. Nope. Not that way. No. But that's crazy. So we got uh, let me read this one right here. So um, once again, White House issues memo to U.S. media leaders. It's time for the media to ramp up its scrutiny of the House Republicans for opening an impeachment inquiry based on lies. So this is this is where the media is taking this right now. Um, impeachment is grave, rare and historic. The Constitution requires treason, bribery or other high crimes and misdemeanors. But House Republicans are publicly stating that they have uncovered none of these things. After nearly nine months of investigating, House Republicans haven't been able to turn up any evidence of president doing anything wrong. Um, I beg to differ. I mean, oh, yeah. I've seen more proof to this than anything that I've seen on Trump, period. Um, and they didn't give Trump this same treatment. They were like guilty, 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 guilty. And they ultimately didn't have any of this stuff that they were claiming. So, um, so this was a Heidi Prisbilla or Prisbilla or something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. She's from Politico. Yeah. From Politico. So then Molly Hemingway comes back and I like Molly. She says, I joke that journalists like this just regurgitate their Democrat handlers, um, tell them what to do or whatever their handlers tell them to. But even for Heidi, this is pretty noteworthy level of completely um, credulous regurgitation of propaganda. Um, yep. And she's 100% right. They are literally repeating what they were told by the people that are being investigated. The White House sent out a, is either has or is about to send out a memo. They have. Yep. And. Yep to the news organizations telling them they need to start investigating the Republicans who are going to do the impeachment. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're coming after everyone who is trying to do the right thing. No different. Yeah. They're going after the people that went out and protested the New Mexico um, gun laws because they were wearing their guns at this protest and they were utilizing footage that was put up on Twitter to go after and find these people. No well, different. the governor was trying to, yeah, yeah. But, but fortunately she's got a lot of pushback. The, yeah, well, fortunately, everyone is pushing back on this. Even yeah. some of the the liberals. I mean, David Hogg, man, when he gets on board, you know, you, you got a problem. Well, they um, had a judge shut it down today. And a judge, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, this woman, she already attempted to do it. She made the efforts. She made the call. This is an arrestable offense. You know what I'm saying? She mm -hmm. didn't just uh, make a bad decision as a governor. She straight up went tyrannical um, anti-constitutionalist you know what i'm saying yeah. that's like an arrestable offense she has resting tyrant face yeah she does man they all do man they so just, all like, do i don't know who i dislike more of all these governors like because because whitmer is up there on that list so you guys up in michigan you know what i'm talking about tough tough deal you guys got to deal with up there yeah and uh and your attorney general too oh your yeah attorney general hit a bunch of <clears throat> hit a lot of the of the voting fraud that can't be hidden it's coming out now yeah and i'm glad that it's coming out but i wish it would go somewhere oh i wish it would go somewhere i'm always like yay it's coming out where's it gonna go nowhere mm, i think this is actually going to be helpful um it's going to be helpful in georgia yeah it's going to be helpful in the georgia case it's going to be helping a lot of these what they're trying to get <clears throat> trump on 
Yes. In, Ari yes, in Arizona. Me. Correct. And in Arizona, but it's going to be helpful and it's going to be helpful to these January sixers too, who have been convicted for saying that, or anybody that said that the, that the election was stolen. Yeah. And they're going to have proof. Yeah. The, uh, Suski talks about Muskegon County, Michigan. I, I used to, yes, Muskegon. Yeah. I used to, um, I used to go there all the time. Cause, uh, where I lived, um, eventually in Holland, I was living in spring Lake, um, next to grand Haven, which is, you know, the, both those are right down the road from Muskegon. And we used to watch, uh, um, not AHL hockey, but the, the league below that, um, <clears> over <throat> the Muskegon fury, terrible team, but they have some really good fighters. So you basically paid for the fight. Exactly. Yeah. That's why it's good hockey to watch. They're just trying to make the big show. And it's, it's also on the lock. So, um, there was a lot of, there's always a lot of, uh, of UFO and alien activity around there. Cause apparently these UFOs like to go underwater and hang out. They do. They got underwater clubs there. They're raving. Yeah, they are, man. It's underwater rays. Come on. Mm -hmm. All aliens, any type, man. We're cool with that. And I'll get to a little alien stuff here in a little bit. Um, That'd be cool because they've been, they're ramping that one up big time. Well, but, uh, cool. but first we got this one. This is, uh, now that the Dems have gotten a hundred percent of what they wanted, these are the results. The nation is about to collapse. Everything costs 40% higher. Banks are collapsing. Our power grid can't handle much. We're on the brink of world war three and nukes being dropped. Our emergency oil reserves are depleted. Over 3000 conservatives are in political prisons by people who just say guilty, regardless of any evidence or elections are rigged. Jab or job, 3,000 excess deaths per week due to the jab, loss of the petrodollar, and free speech is now a crime. Yep. Mm. Welcome to America. Amazing we've turned into very close to Venezuela. That we, we literally have, man. You know, the we're, we're, we are one step away from living in Adobe huts or quarantine camps. And I'll be playing More a video about quarantine that. Camp. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I'll play that one now since we brought it up, man. Quarantine camps. Are quarantine camps real? They're very real. And uh, I got a lady right here. I've got two videos that I'm going to play right now of uh, what is going on right now. And was it Hochul, New York? Hochul. Hochul. Hochul's New yeah. York. Like, listen to this. I'm going to play both of these videos. Today, September 13th, and in Rochester, New York, at approximately 10 a.m., there was a court hearing regarding New York's quarantine camps. Just a refresher, there is no age limit to these quarantine camps. Department of Health wants to use law enforcement to remove you forcibly from your home and put you in a facility of their choosing. There is no due process. You do not get a say, and you can be quarantined for indefinite time. Also embedded in this order was there was no need for them to prove that you came into contact with somebody who was contagious or that you have the disease yourself or that you yourself are contagious or that you yourself are not taking proper precautions. So with the swipe of a pen, any New Yorker or their family could be locked away in a quarantine camp indefinitely. Governor Hochul has no problem wasting taxpayers' monies to lock up taxpayers. And this is a landmark case, because if it happens here, it can happen in your state. She's right. And uh, before I play the next video, I haven't done this in a while. I always like to give credit to where I get a lot of, you know, the, the news as I'm going through it. And uh, if you guys are not following uh, Plastic Girl Reporting, um, they do mm -hmm. a phenomenal job of taking a lot of news and putting it all into one place. So if you guys are on Telegram... Um, I highly suggest you give Plastic Girl Reporting a follow. 
Um, that way you're not having to jump around to 150 different places because they do a really good job of bringing your daily news into one spot as well. She's a good, yeah, yeah. she's a good news aggregate as well as like scripture and stuff like that. I always trust the mm -hmm. Christians and, and they're very, very Christian. So give a plastic girl a call or give them a follow and uh, tell them that, uh, that kilted Christian sent the, sent you guys. Uh, like I said, they, they have got such a small following. Um, there's people out there that don't deserve a following. They've got hundreds of thousands of people and, you know, they do a phenomenal job. It's a team, um, bringing all this stuff to one, one place. And they've got like 5,000 followers. It's insane. Um, so I will play the second video to that one right here. Just when you think it can't get any worse here in New York, it does. So let's look into Governor Hochul's quarantine camp bill. Yes, you heard me right. Quarantine camp. So Governor Hochul files an appeal to institute quarantine camps. And this article is from Brown Institute. Here's the regulations you can pause and read. A summary is that the Department of Health in New York could lock up or lock down with no proof that you were exposed or even sick with something communicable. Pause and read this part. There is no time restriction, so you can be quarantined or locked up days, weeks, or months. And there is no age restriction, so they can do this to you and your children. This regulation allows them to use law enforcement to enforce their orders, which means you could receive a knock at the door from your police or sheriff telling you you have to go with them. This is one of the scariest parts. There's no regulation or procedure by which you can be released from quarantine. No way for you to try to negotiate your way out. And this is not just COVID-19 specific. Some of the things they're including is Lyme and toxic shock syndrome, and according to our friends at the CDC, Lyme disease is a common vector-borne disease in the United States caused by a tick. So in summary, they can use law enforcement to come and take you, your family, and your children in the middle of the night for any reason they deem. There is no way for you to navigate your way out of the system, and they can keep you for as long as they feel it's necessary. Oh, and don't forget, they can medically treat you against your will how they see fit. And as we all learn, what happens here in New York doesn't stay in New York. If it happens in New York, it can happen in your state too. And she's right. And I agree with Punky. They can lip my peach. That what that says, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love a movie. What's, what's that thing in the, what's that thing that you got to jiggle that's in the toilet? The ball cock. Yeah, they can do that one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is and it, it's true. This this is what's coming our way, and uh, oh, it gets crazier than this. So you heard what she just had to say, right? This right here, what I'm about to play with play goes right along with what she was just saying in a different way. Like I said, you you'll, you we've noticed that um almost everything ties in together. All right, so listen to this real quick. America, we've just been duped. Breaking news, although not breaking to anyone who's actually had a cold, decongestants in cold medicines doesn't work at all, FDA panel says. Phenylephrine, which is the active ingredient in things like Sudafed PE, Vic sinus, Benadryl allergy, Sudafed. This medication did no better than placebo in helping with runny congested noses. The FDA was presented with evidence that showed when phenylephrine was taken orally, only a very small percentage actually reached the nose to help with congestion. 
This was the most interesting part of the story that the reason why phenyl ephrine even gained popularity in the first place is because it was a replacement for a different but similar medication called pseudoephedrine, which people were basically used to cook meth. So for all you big pharma conspiracy theorists, today is your day. Except she's kind of wrong because not all of those things work. Some of them do. Um, they people have been taking them for a long time, but here's what's really, this is what really is going on behind this. They are taking away absolutely everything that you can get over the counter to get rid of your cold or your flu. So mm -hmm. when COVID comes out, what's your option? Vaccination period. Yep. Yeah, they limited it. They, they definitely limited that on on purpose. Oh, you know, ephedrine's got some really good properties to it. The FDA really came after the um, the uh, nutrition companies um, because you had um, people that were buying ephedrine and GNC. You had, this, you had a couple athletes die, a baseball player, I think, a couple football players because they were overtaking ephedrine. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, I remember when Advocare had ephedrine in their orange box and phew, that stuff was awesome. And, but they took it at a different part of the plant. You know, it was, it was scientific. It was done well scientifically with their scientists and chemists. And so um, it, it works and it was good and it helped your metabolism and all sorts of stuff, but they don't like the health care or the health, the supplement stuff. And uh, because it is a lot of natural products, it starts out that way usually. The good, the good ones do, and uh, that's why they attack that stuff. Because you, you got to use their their product that are FDA approved, and now they're going to push everybody to putting something in their arm. Or there's a new one that is coming out that you can take a pill that will protect you before you even get COVID. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. no, exactly. They're going to push that. Oh, they're going to push that. Um, you know, and I agree. A lot of people are talking about, you know, natural remedies, onions, chlorine di dioxide, mm -hmm. um, all of these different, um, all these different aspects. Now, one thing though, is that, you know, like I said, as they're trying to push this thing is because they want you to go to one thing and they know that most people don't look into natural remedies. They should, we should all know that, but we've been, you know, for the most part, the world's trained you to be like, all oh, that stuff doesn't work. As a matter of fact, um, Things like uh, zinc, echinacea, like those things that you can get over the counter at the moment, they may end up removing that at some point because Canada's already trying to do so. Um, mm -hmm. it, if you read the thing, it's like F, not FDA approved, and then it says dietary supplement. So they have yes. to put something completely different, and you have to have done your research a little bit to even know um, what these things are for, for boosting immune systems and so forth like that, like especially echinacea, zinc, and, and whatnot, which I, I generally take. Um but like I said, is the other things that we have at our access, garlic is awesome. Onions, um, onions on your feet. Like there's just, there's a lot of different things that we can use in our own hands. Most people don't. So they will go to that over the counter stuff. And I, I still say that some of that over the counter stuff is better than the vaccine they're trying to push on you. But that's the reason that they're pulling this back. Um, I think that's the main reason that they're actually pulling these off the shelves. Not that they don't actually work, but you know, they need to get these numbers a little bit higher. Um, YouTube, YouTube will, YouTube will shut your show down on their channel for saying that stuff. Oh no, they, yes, they will. <laughs> you want to talk about that? Kyle? You sound oh, like no, you've got no, something no. on your mind. 
No, I don't have anything on my I just they did. That's what I put that yesterday's show up there and then I got that email early this morning. Yeah, they don't want to hear any of that stuff. No. They, they and that's Google. They don't want to hear any oh, they, they, they don't want people hearing it. They don't. Um I've lost what three channels on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and then and they're really getting bad about it. Like they they're just like, You have broken our rules. Okay. Um, what video broke the rule and what rule did I break? They don't go as far as to tell you that they just, Mm -mm. if they keep it vague, you can't really, you know, argue, you can't dispute it. it. Yeah. Cause it's like, they sent another email later in the day. Yeah. Cause they they asked you, they said, if you want to dispute this and it's like, well, what am I disputing? Mm -hmm. Just the fact that you're alive. Yeah. Because you unvaccinated people were supposed to have a cold, dark winter. Exactly. They heard. They heard. Did that happen? Did that happen? Um, not yet. Oh, Black hmm. Swan winter is coming. Yeah, but 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 Biden said we were supposed to have a cold, dark winter like two years ago. Oh, we were. Something. We were. Yeah. They just couldn't do it. And uh, you know, but we know that they're moving into the anything we can do to stop this election or from Trump getting to be president um, year is upon us. Upon us now. And and mm-hmm. they're already um, pushing out the whole vaccine thing. I, I told you last night. Uh, even Canada is saying anyone over six years gets double dosed, regardless of the doses that you've already had. Um, under that, over six months or something is uh, one one booster, one vaccination. Um, they're already getting this whole thing set up. Um, masks are already being um, you know pushed in many of the hospitals. I assume planes are coming next. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a couple other things that I saw that masks are already being um, you know required in but like i said know your laws go walk up to them challenge them be like show me in your store's guidelines where it says i must wear a mask and if you can't provide that for me i'm going shopping mm-hmm. well i've had someone send me some an inside email from a healthcare system in the ohio valley area and they're backtracking they're actually blaming it's 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 ironic because they're blaming the CDC and other healthcare people that they trusted, and this is a large healthcare system. And then they're but the, but what they're the the essence of the email is is they're not going to mandate masks, and they're they're not mandating a, a vaccination. Yeah, which it totally by doing that totally counters what it is that they did before, and they were laying that off on the CDC basically and the fda yes trying to cya themselves i mean the only thing that i look forward to during covid season are are dancing doctors that's totally the nurses yeah, yeah dancing I nurses miss, man. i miss them oh man I, I, we all miss them i felt so much better after all of that i know i felt i felt safer I, I did too man it was just something about um people not doing their job that made me feel a whole lot safer and it reassured how busy they really were it, it, you know, there was a lot of that. Do you remember? And this is, this was interesting. It's not to say that there weren't things going on, right? There, that, that, that something wasn't killing people. But remember, then we would have people, all the, you know, the fire department, police, and people would be outside the hospitals. Mm-hmm. Remember that, and the lights would be on because of the frontline healthcare worker stuff, which was, it seemed kind of the psychology behind that was odd because of the dancing TikTok nurses, right? Yes. And then yet we're here, we're having to, 
almost like they're, you know, thank you for your service type thing. Not knocking nurses, not. No, no, but no. it just it, made, but it, it, it did not make sense. No, and it gave you kind of a bad taste in your mouth, you know, it just did. watching this. I got to agree, JG23. Good to see you again, brother. Um, the first thing that we need to do is stop eating poisonous poop food and drinking chocolate yogurt water. <laughs> yes. Well, according to PETA, um, only white milk is racist. So I guess <laughs> chocolate water is not. No, it's chocolate yogurt water. Chocolate yogurt water is not. Yeah. That's not racist. But PETA says white milk yeah, is white, milk, yeah, white supremacy. How, mm -hmm. Man. You know, white supremacy has been around for a long time, huh? You know, I tell you what, if you just ask them, are you high? And they tell you, no, you should be really super sad for them because that tells you that they're sober and they're coming up with all that crap. Yeah, I know. They're not sane, but they're sober. No. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and, and I think, you know, we're, we're getting closer to uh, dancing alien videos. Now that's going to be entertaining. Um, so today. Uh, this is good. Mexico shows real life aliens. Um, they, their Congress brought out real life aliens that look like a child's version of a plaster of Paris alien rendition. It looked like ET. It did, except it looked like uh, like it, it did. It looked like plaster of Paris. Um, but their Congress came out and pointed this stuff out. So at the very least, we know what they're doing. They're pushing um the alien invasion and they're getting us ready for it man project they can't keep aliens out of their country but they you know <laughs> i know they're flooding our borders <laughs> they're flooding our borders but apparently the aliens are going to theirs i know man i'd rather just can you just take your spaceships into our country man and give us something to look at you just know? do something um, i'm tired because what, what was it there was something like 23 to 2500 um illegals all men wore fighting age crossed over mm -hmm. into um arizona and one of the places not yuma city oh, yeah. not um yuma but one of the other areas there's right. like four to five thousand that are crossing um into mexico i think at this point um that are heading this direction um you know we we watched uh before we went to bed last night we watched a movie called olympus has fallen which is mm -hmm. um, one of those white house down movies yep. and uh they it was like Koreans um, that literally just gradually worked their way in. It was all military-age people that looked like immigrants that could have come into the country, and then they got together and trained them to come in there and do this. And, and, and like literally, Livin and I looked at each other, yeah, with, with Gerard Butler. And I, as I told Livin through the entire movie, babe, don't worry. Gerard Butler's in the movie. Everything's going to be okay. We're going to be all right. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. Um, but no, the... Uh, our first thing is we looked at each other and we're like, nah, this is literally what's about to happen to our own country is you've mm -hmm. got all these people that are sneaking in. They're like, Oh no, they're just trying to find a better life. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, you know what? And it sucks for them. Think about it on a, on a, on a human, on a, on a human scale. There's a lot of people who are doing that because the doors open and look at how, look at, have are they have they really achieved that better life look at the ones that have been not just the ones that abbott sent in the buses the ones that you saw that were being flown and the other buses that the governors aren't sending but mm -hmm. the feds are using and now you've got eric adams up there as the mayor of new york city complaining that they've got a hundred thousand new people that's not how many 
Arizona has sent or Texas has sent, that's the Fed or just people getting up there on their own because they want to go to the Big Apple and they're living in the streets or they're living in the Roosevelt Hotel. Yeah. Sleeping on chairs. But they've got motorcycles and scooters and things that we can't afford. They do, but it's it, there's a lot of it that still is bad for them. And you can imagine why some of them are fighting because they're like, this is not what we signed up for. Yeah. Of course, it's a little arrogant. Like, you're here to the U.S. We have cold weather places, too. And they were complaining about, well, we don't want to live up here. It's too cold. Yeah. Too um, bad. Yeah, exactly. Like, quit oh. complaining. You know what I'm saying? Like you, oh. you come over into this country and then you complain about what you don't have. You know, I, you know what? I got a great suggestion. Go back home. Um, and the moment that our economy finally crashes, you know what's going to happen? They're all going to run back home, man. They're going to be on the other side of the border trying to fence them in here, which they already <laughs> yeah. are. They're like literally building a wall for that. I think that it's, it's definitely played into all of the people who want votes, not just Democrats, but you know, those rhinos who want the votes and the cheap labor. It's basically serfed them. But yeah, when they start giving, when the, they, the Democrats start telling them, we gave you this and gave you that. And I wonder how many are actually being registered to vote. Yeah. We, we That's know that's not being talked about. I wonder, I wonder that. Yeah. No, it's, you know, that they're being registered to vote. Um, we're, I was, I still, man, we're not going to have that election poop's going to be hitting the fan like way too quickly before that um i mean there was a guy uh obviously i can't show you video but there was a guy riding on the street and he passed a car uh, this big like super expensive nice looking kind of military truck looking thing and it was a zombie response unit <laughs> yeah you know and like i said that Those could have funny. been somebody that just had a lot of money and made himself a nice little toy but yeah i mean I'm not going to be surprised the day that I'm riding down the road and I see like zombie response units. Mm -mm. I'll be like, huh? no. boy, that took longer than I thought. I mean, you go, well, it just didn't take very long at all. I know. And I haven't gotten my, uh, my, um, lemming closet up yet. I need to get my lemming closet ready so I can start releasing the lemmings and looking out my window to make sure that, uh, everything's cool. Is the coast <laughs> clear? What did the lemmings do? Why do they have to be baked? Well, because they, they're lemmings because they're lemmings yeah i mean yeah. they'll jump I off a cliff if you ask them to they will kind of like dodo birds exactly and do you need a zombie permit that's that's the question of the day because i don't think there's any laws on the book that says um no killing zombies or lizard heads i think that we're pretty good to go i don't think there's a bag limit yeah i mean you can i don't do you look under fish and wildlife i don't think so so I don't know. All we have are the documentary movies that have been made, um, like Night of the Living Dead and you know the Walking Dead series. Yeah. I guess we can go off of that. So we need to ask George Romero or Brad Pitt <laughs> what we need. To do. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Uh, uh, it, what was the name of that Pitt movie? World War uh, Z. World War Z. World War Z. That's what it was. A Star Seed Generation. Yeah, World War Z. Yeah. And it was people that were sick. Isn't that interesting? People were sick. Well, no, no. It was what was it that no, it was it was the people that were sick were the ones that were left alone. That were that's what I mean. Yeah, that so were they, left alone. So they found yeah. like a disease 
that you could give people that was a fatal disease that could be mm-hmm. cured. So they gave everybody with the disease just to be left alone by the zombie, something that you could actually go back and cure. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. See, that's Nikki. 28 days later, like those are the scary zombies. Those are the ones that I don't want to go dealing with because they're fast. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are Olympic sprinter ones. Yeah. And I can't run like I used to. No, I don't want to. That's why I'm saying I don't think there's a bag limit. No, exactly. That's why you need like a, a spraying gun or, or, um, or borrow a punky flamethrower. Well, you just got to lead them a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, we're going to need more lemmings. <laughs> we're going to need more lemmings. <laughs> so uh, this is pretty awesome right here. So Pakistan Muslims are leaving Islam and accepting Jesus. Mm-hmm. This is what we're talking about right here, man. This is what life's all about is seeing this kind of happen. And, and we're seeing more and more people because uh, I mean, I'm still blown away at what we talked about the other night about the symbolism at um, the 9-11 site down in New York, the, uh, the memorial that they put up that goes down instead of up the big pit. And I just never caught that associated with revelation nine 11. Like ever since I found that out and I read that, I'm like, okay, man, how can you even dispute this anymore? I'm, I must want to lead with that now. Like you don't believe in Jesus here. Check this out. Check this out. Oh, that's just a book. That's just a book. Yeah, just a book, huh? It's a history book. That that book seems to have gotten it kind of dead on. Yeah, it's kind of been spot on. Even even the prophet Muhammad acknowledged Jesus. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, matter of fact, uh, Jesus is mentioned multiple times, mm-hmm. like multiple times, and he wasn't just a a character in the book. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, he in the Quran, he he was actually like you know kind of a you know the prophet level. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, it wasn't he wasn't like the king of kings, which he should have been, but he was still held to pretty high regards. Sure was. You yeah. got to go back. People need to go back and look at how the Quran, the Quran, came about, and what Muhammad went through, and why he created that book. Oh yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that was way later. That was like Muhammad, right? Yes. It was like way, way, way later. And he was kind of questionable too. Um, So now we got Wicker says that he is now satisfied that Paxton's kitchen was not remodeled at all. This is Ken Paxton, um, AG out of uh, Texas, Um, a project that Nate Paul is alleged to have paid for. This was kind of the, the reason that they went after him is that he was using funds for his own personal business. So the sellout Republicans in the Texas House based their entire sham impeachment case on Kim Paxton on an alleged quid pro quo involving this payment, and their case just fell apart. And then on top of that, the Congress accidentally rested their case today. They didn't mean to, but they did. So now they're done. It goes to the Senate. The House. Well, it's in the Senate. the, the, The House has already put those articles of impeachment through there. It's in the Senate and the Senate managers, but the House rested their case okay, in yes. the in the trial. Yes, right in the trial. And let me tell you, Paxton's attorneys have completely dismantled dismantled them from a from a law standpoint or from a legal standpoint. He should not be impeached or convicted. Of, he's been impeached. He should not be convicted. Um, but 
we all know politics. There's yeah. eight um there's eight Republican senators that are already on his side. He needs two and um to stave that off and go back to his job. But when you watch the trial and I've watched a lot of clips of it and um man his, his attorneys are really good and they and they don't have any evidence. They have firmly held beliefs. That's what they, that's oh, no, what they said. Exactly. They the whole thing just mm-hmm. fell apart. You know, even uh, Texas Horrible says they admitted the person went to the FBI against Paxton without any evidence. Correct. You know, and the FBI did nothing, nothing uh, three years ago. For three years, they've done nothing. Exactly. And this was the this was all Bush people. It was. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is all Bush, Bush and Rove. This is all Bush and, and Carl Rove, man. Carl Rove. They they did a uh, family no not a family guy it was a uh, American Dad I believe it was um, where Carl Rove went to the house and he came in dressed like the Emperor you know with the with the robe on and you couldn't see mm-hmm. his face it was all blacked out and then finally this one scene um, he says something and all these tentacles come flying out from behind that the hood of the cloak and I was like see even they know he's a demon. I'm going to tell you something. I got a personal story how God works. I had a good friend of mine in high school who was a day away from saying yes to going to work for him when Bush um, was about to run for president and had another guy ask him to be a documentary filmmaker. And he took, he went and did that instead of good going choice. to work for Carl Rove. Good choice. And yeah. Turned out I, I saw him at a couple events um, during the audit stuff here in Texas. And he said, man, I made the best choice. I said, you sure did, brother. No, it was a very you good sure choice. You sure did. Yeah, so I've had a bad taste. I've come face to face with him as well. And mm-hmm. uh, he does. He's got like, he's got one of those like auras or energy, whatever you want to call it. That when you get around them, it's just, it's unsettling. You know, Hannity, you know, when they were, he was at the height of his game or, and he was on Hannity a whole lot. They, I guess they called him the architect. Yeah. And, he did. He did do a lot of political architecting in the state, but um, we can tell, or we see now, now that we're aware of a lot of different stuff and what it is that they're doing and what they're trying to prevent, how we were all played, how we were all played. And um, that's kind of got them a little ticked that they can't do that anymore. No. And more and more people like we've been talking about for the last months, year, and you've been making a good point of this, Georgia, New York, you know, the NYC stuff, all of that's coming about just so people are waking up. They're losing, they're losing, they are losing, they're losing more than they did in 2020, mm-hmm. which is why what you say about not having an election is kind of their plausible, only option. very, very plausible because the left won't be able to cheat as hard as they did. They, they, they rolled a, they rolled the dice big time in 2020 just to get this cat in there. Yes. What do you, what do you do after that? I mean, that's what we have to be thinking about and we need to kind of be forward looking with that, but, and, and reasoned in that, in that assessment, but you know, the, Stuff in Michigan, like I said, stuff in Michigan, it's all going to come out and it's going to come out during these trials. And all of, you know, God bless Trump for having the, first of all, the, the wherewithal and the testicular fortitude to stand tall, but also the money to be able to do it. They're working the lawfare. That's why they did 18 
of those people in in Georgia. They want to break them so that they'll cave. They 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 ran the same playbook with the Jan. They've done it forever. Oh yeah, but January, the most recent ones are the January six people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're keeping them quiet again too. I don't know if you've heard this, but they're all on COVID lockdown right now. They are, and they're in, they've and, moved them. Yeah, twenty three hours um con- by themselves. Um, yeah. no no church service, no no communication with family, no nothing. Um, right. wearing forcing mask again, probably vaccinations. Um, but they're trying to keep them quiet. <laughs> it's basically Abu Ghraib, Abu Ghraib. Yeah. But here on U.S. soil. Yes. But the but the random, I say the random, but it, and we know like the primary people that they focused on, but they they've they've done they've had eleven thousand indictments, and a or not eleven thousand, excuse me, a thousand <clears throat> prosecutions. Said so, you know they had the grandmother who spent 15 minutes inside the Capitol just walking in the rotunda and then they leave. Those are the ones that they heavy hand so that they can, those are the ones that use the scare of the populace the most. Yes. And like I said, it's, it's keeping people still pretty passive. To a, yeah, to a, to a, yeah, it is right now to a degree. Yeah. And Julius, the, um, the J six prisoners are the ones that are on lockdown. Yes. And then you have, you know, Michigan, and um, no, what's Nagel? It's not Nagel. Whoever your AG is over there, I just forgot her name. You know, going after the fourteen people, the senior citizens, because they wanted to do their alternate electors, which is which is legal. They can do that. They can do that. The Democrats have done it for forever. Yeah, and they were right to do it. These folks obviously had a question. They didn't think it was right. Turned out they were correct, but she's still going to prosecute, you know, 14 senior citizens. Yep. To threaten the populace. Oh, I know. I mean, like I said, and it, once again, it's to keep people from speaking up. Like we've, regardless what they do or they say, or they try to throw us in prison or, you know, bring us to court, whatever it is, we still have the first amendment, right? You can say whatever you want to, as long as mm-hmm. you don't scream fire in a movie theater. You know, we got Owen Stroyer. Was that? Yeah, we got, got Owen, Owen, Stroyer. Owen Stroyer. I mean, just like yeah. multiple examples, and and they keep doing that because right when they start seeing the people get a little brave again, because they've already gotten tired and over their other tactics, they redo it. That's why they spread these J Sixers out like they have. Yep, is to keep it in the news cycle, just to give you a, a little reminder. It's like a it's a mafia tactic. You know, it's it like, is. Yeah, sure it is. It's a um, tyrant tactic. It's a tyrant tactic. Um, before we get on to our topic real quick, uh, so Representative Tom Emmer introduces a bill to ban the Federal Reserve from creating a central bank digital currency. So a CBDC is nothing more than a CCP-style surveillance tool that can be weaponized to oppress American way of life. And at least we've got people. And whether it goes um, – so it was Minnesota. That's what I was wondering. Um, so whether it goes anywhere or not, at least people are getting to hear the word central banking digital system. Or currency, because a lot of people yep. have no idea what that is. And then some people are out there thinking it's a great idea. Oh, cool. I don't have to worry about losing my money anymore in my wallet. You know what I'm saying? It's like, no, there's nothing cool about this. This is like the end of all freedom. Mm-hmm. It sure is. People were upset about a vaccine passport c- taking place. This is, the, this is the same thing. Yes. It's the same thing. But Emmer is a rhino, she says. But I mean, at least he's sticking his head out and talking about this. Um, 
like I said, whether it goes anywhere or not, at least people are hearing it now. Mm-hmm. And they need to. Right. So now let's move on to Habakkuk. You ready for this Habakkuk. one, man? Habakkuk. There we go. Um, bless you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> God bless you. I may have another one on for a minute. <laughs> um, it's interesting the parallels of today and yesteryear. Um, how things kind of repeat and and there's just things that we see, like I said, that were very similar to then. The days that we're living in now are very similar to the days that Jesus walked this earth, just a little bit more technology as far as we know. Um, but even that is up for debate as to how advanced were they at another time and has that information been removed over the years, you know, all the mud flood, whatever, the, the different, you know, conspiracy theories that are out there. Um, nonetheless, it's interesting conversation. But this right here is interesting. So have you ever finished watching the evening news and all the violence and injustice in the world, the frustration and ask, why isn't God doing something? Why do the wicked and the dishonest people prosper? Why do they get elected to the White House? Well, that is not a new feeling. A prophet named Habakkuk felt um, that that way around 620 BC, and he wrote a book about it. So his name means to embrace or wrestle. So once again, we've discussed, you know, names in scripture and how they always seem to fit um, their life circumstances or missions. So his name translates to embrace or wrestle. And as is usually the case, his name has something to do with the messenger or the message of the book that he has written. Um, I think it relates to the fact that he was wrestling with a difficult issue. If God is good, then why is there evil in the world? And if there has to be evil, then why does evil prosper? Um, what is God doing in the world? We discussed a similar thought coming from the Israelites um, in Zephaniah 1.12. So they said that God did not do um, good or evil. They thought that God was not involved and so continued in their sin. So um, Habakkuk is one of the good guys. He fears God um, does what is right, but is getting, um, is getting him nowhere. So um, in this book, so... Um, he talks about, you know, the Habakkuk question, and this is um, one, two through four in, in that book. He expresses the attitude that many righteous people have. He is outraged at the violence and the injustice in his society. He lists six different problems. His list is repetitious, but it emphasizes just how bad things were at that time. So there was sin, wickedness, destruction, and violence, no justice in the courts, and the wicked outnumbered the righteous. Does this sound like our society today or what? Like literally going through the same things at that time that we're questioning today, this two-tier justice system, um, evil seeming to prevail, the illusion that we're outnumbered by them, um, but we're not. Like I said, they also had the deception back then that we have today with misinformation and creating an illusion that there's way more bad and evil than there are. And it's only because... That's what we are inundated with every single day. That's all we see. It's all we hear. We don't hear about the firemen that saved the cat in the tree anymore. We don't hear about the, the good deeds that people do. You know, none of that stuff is talked about. It's only the, the bad, the good absolutely outnumbers the bad. But like I said, they just don't talk about the good any longer. Um, not on mainstream media anyways. Right. 
So um, in verse four, he says, the law is ignored. God's word was no longer the standard. It is now illegal to have the Ten Commandments hang on the wall in a public school. Um, so I think things are even worse in America um, today than they were years ago um, at that time. Because like I said, you can't even, you know, the, the, like the Nazis, burning Bibles, removing religion, and we're seeing that more and more. They're coming after Christians in a major way, even to the point where, you know, it's not even just the Ten Commandments anymore or Scripture or prayer in schools. Um but even like our constitution and, and, and things like that, that, that show the rights that we, you know, our God given rights that this country was founded upon. Um, there's a pizza place that, that, uh, Livin and I go to every now and then. And right when you walk in, it literally has the, the lyrics of the star spangled banner. And then the preamble, like right there where you sit, when you wait for your, your pizza or your calzones. Um, and to me, like, in my day, that was somewhat normal. You know what I'm saying? Like you would see that stuff when you walk into a score or something, but today it stands out and it becomes something that you notice and talk about. You're like, whoa, whoa, can you believe that? They actually have the preamble hanging up here for kids to read. You know what I'm saying? Like how crazy is it that we live in a world like that to where something like that literally stands out and it's not something that we've just gotten used to. And it's because they've, they've removed them and taken them away. So Habakkuk's preaching um, against it. He also have, uh, but he has having little effect. He raises a good question. Why does evil go unpunished? Why do wicked prosper? Why doesn't God do something? So look back to verse two. He says, um, he has been praying, um, evident, or excuse me, evidently he has been praying for a long time because he says, how long, O Lord, will I call for help or thou wilt not hear? He also thinks God is indifferent and inactive. Um, you know, so he's kind of questioning his faith a little bit at this point. So some people think that men of faith never question God. They just sit back and they wait faithfully and patiently. But one thing that we can learn from him specifically is that this is um, a misconception. Those who trust God can and do question God. And we've discussed that before. You know what I'm saying? Those oftentimes um, the times of hardships, the times where you're just a little bit down. You're questioning your faith. You're questioning God. Why would you do this? You ultimately, or as far as I've seen in my life and some examples of other people um, that are in my life have ended up gaining stronger faith by their temporarily lack of faith. Have you seen that in your, in your life, Conley, or people that you know? Yeah. You know, so yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, yeah. You know, we see it all, we see it in our lives, right? But faith is what is our, is our foundation of the belief of things not seen. Yeah, exactly. That's what God asked of us is, you know, the faith. Mm -hmm. Anytime he could have popped down here and shown his face, he mm -hmm. chose not to because he wants us to have that faith. And exactly. those that are faithful until the end will be rewarded. Um, mm -hmm. You know, those that lose their faith temporarily, hopefully come back. And then many, it even said in scripture, will end up losing their faith period and walk away from God or turn their backs to God. Um, yes. But we all question preachers question that we all have those times of question. But like I said, is if you're a true Christian and a true believer, that lack, that temporary lack of faith will end up turning into a stronger faith than you had before that temporary lack of faith, because God always brings the answer. Exactly. And where's the answer more often than not 
I mean, one of two places usually, right? It's in the Bible or it's in your talk with him. And it's most often, um, it, my talks with him lead me to the right scriptures. Exactly. You know, and that's and the, so that's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Like I'll just be, you know, and it happens to have multiple times with Jeff where, you know, I'll have a doubt. I'll have a question about something and I'll pray to God and ask for the an answer. And then Jeff's like, Hey dude, you got to check out this verse, you know, not mm-hmm. even know what I'm talking about, but God just like used Jeff to, to put it into my life, you know? Um, so it's, yeah, exactly. Matt and have scripture and prayer. So what mm-hmm. is God's answer to this? So those who trust in God um, can and do question God. So God's answer, this is 1, 5 through 11. Um, God is doing something. He is raising up foreign nation, the Babylonians, to come and destroy Judah. He tells um, Habakkuk, um, you would not believe if you were told. Why? Because they are really wicked. They were worse than the Jews. Verses 6 to 11 describe how evil they are. The reason for this description is to show that they are powerful. No one can stop them. They will certainly destroy Judah. Um, so we see in verse 11 that they will be held guilty for their wickedness, but God is going to use them anyways. And we talked about some examples already about how God has used questionable people, questionable events, um, to serve his purpose, just like right now, you know, we were all just scratching our heads and, and, and worry when, uh, Biden got elected into office or fake elected. Um, we mm-hmm. were just like, what in the heck just happened? We couldn't believe what just happened. Our, our, we were just beside ourselves. Many of us were, but what did God do? He ended up using this. And we've said it before is that nobody has woken more people up than this administration period. If this, right. if this had not happened, um, we would have been in a civil war possibly. We, who knows what could have happened if this had not happened. But the fact that Biden did squirm his way in the office and we see these, these juxtapositions of hypocrisy that we talked about earlier happening every single day, something wonderful came out of something tragic. And we've said before, what is the point of justice if people aren't going to be awake? You know what I'm saying? Because they're going to repeat the same habits and fall back into the same patterns that they did before. And it's no different with God and religion. If people don't wake up to God and come to God, our world's going to go right back to the sinful devil filled, um, circumstances and ways that we're seeing people go into right now. Um, I've used the analogy over and over again is that what happens here today, the scars need to be so deep that our grandchildren's 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 grandchildren still have these scars because you see how easy it is to recreate history. Um, we've questioned it in the past, like, Oh, come on. How are they going to do that? How are they going to rewrite history without people knowing? And we're watching it happen right in front of our eyes, removing statues, taking books and getting rid of them. Like they're, they're doing it from every angle, changing constitution, changing what they're teaching in our schools. It literally only takes a couple of generations before you got people, you know, before the, the wise ones are gone, who are the elders. And we saw that, you know, cause we talk a lot about saving the children, protecting our kids. But, um, Scott has mentioned multiple times and I agree with them is we also need to focus on the elders because with the elders dies, the wisdom, they live in a way different generation than we do. They lived a way different life than we do today. 
So with what they, if, when they die, what they experienced and what they know goes with them, especially today, because that information is not necessarily being passed down like it used to. No. I mean, no. The, yeah, the Scots used to pass everything down through words and stories because books can be destroyed and burned. And it, you know what I'm saying? So they, they would do it secretively and they would pass it on verbally. But go ahead, Colin. Well, it's the same stuff that it, it well, let me back up. It's it's no different when you when you when you go and look at Habakkuk um, 12, you know, 112. Lord, are you not ever not from everlasting? Um, you've appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock of it, ordained them to punish. Because that's his, really his second complaint. It's the stuff that we're seeing right now, or the like you just said, are the things that were going on in Habakkuk's time, Daniel's time, and Nebuchadnezzar. Yes, you know. So it, it it's not really. I think I think when we can look at it, when we put it in that way, in that perspective, then it's not as daunting. It's not as um, frightening, even of what is happening. Sin has been the constant that it's just been the constant since Eve ate the apple. From then on, it's been that way. So I think there's some solace, though, that we can take in knowing that God dealt with things then and had people and put people in positions to to go to work and to be effective for his glory and then his kingdom. And here we are still, what are we, 20, 2,200 years after the death of Christ? And we're, and we're talking about a book that was before that too, mm -hmm. you know, however, uh, you know, five, 600 years before that. It's not, it, it, we, we know how to handle it. We know how we should handle it because we have some, we have, we have all of these things to draw from. And when Satan gets busy or stays busy and starts and continues to attack, we don't have to go, oh, my gosh, this is the end. You don't think those folks were thinking the same thing? Even Habakkuk said this, that very thing. You know, you're everlasting, but and you will never die, but you put all these people in here. Why then do you tolerate the treacherousness? The treacherous, the, the treacherous is what he said. Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up the more righteous than themselves yes this is the same thing that we're asking why aren't people awake why are you letting these people go free why isn't everybody in gitmo it's it's the same thing the wicked foe pulls off of them up with hooks and he catches them in his net you made people like the fish in the sea and like the sea creatures that have no ruler yes he was he's saying the same stuff not exactly the same stuff different time yeah. same scenarios and, you know, one thing, too, is I go back to what we talked about last night with uh, Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar is that Habakkuk was called by God to bring the food to the lion's den. So once again, you know, with the missions that God puts us on, we can see what we're told to do. We can see the present. But we can't see the future. God knows the, the future. So you got to wonder if um, in Habakkuk's lifetime, if he even realized the importance of what he did by sending food to Daniel to keep him alive which ultimately was one of the big things that allowed Nebuchadnezzar to repent. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And, and yes. We, we look at the, at Daniel's importance of that, but Habakkuk was sent by God to keep him alive. You know what I'm saying? So um, it just shows the importance that we all have in our own missions to make the other person's mission 
become um, something that they accomplish. Here's what he said. This is cool. Okay. Cause you're, you're, this gets into exactly what you, what you just said right then. He, he works through his whole complaint. He talks about all this stuff that's happening. And then he says like in, um, Verse 17 in chapter one, is he to keep on emptying his net, destroying nations without mercy? That's a question to God that he has, right? Then he goes on to say this in chapter two at the very beginning. He says this, I will stand at my watch. I will station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. That's what he did. He didn't just throw his hands up and go, oh, well, all's lost. And God, you are just a horrible and I blah, blah, blah. He threw his complaint. But then he said, I will stand my watch. Yes. And I will station myself on the ramparts and I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. So he didn't just throw his hands up and walk away. He stood his post and then he waited on God. You know, which brings us back to you know, it's not a matter of the words, but the fruits that are bared. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. we all get that day where we're just like, God, why? Um, but what do we do? That's the key. What is, what do we do after that? Do we keep on mm-hmm. moving? Do we keep holding our line? Do we keep standing tall and serving our mission? Right. That's exactly what he did. Um, so we see in verse 11, um, that they will be held guilty for their wickedness, but God is going to use them anyways. Um, most of us have been praying for the evil in our society, hoping for a revival. Um, what if God sent the Soviet Union or Saddam Hussein to conquer America to install communism or a dictatorship, which our president's done a pretty darn good job of? We didn't need them <laughs> right. um, to imprison all Christians or etc. Um, what would you think about that answer? Would you say that God didn't answer your prayer? This points to another principle that we can learn from uh, Habakkuk that God doesn't always give us the answers that we want or expect. Um, we usually have it in our own mind, how we want to, how we want God to answer our own prayers. Um, when he does it differently, how do we respond? And that's the thing I was just saying is that we know what we're asked to do. We know what's happening in the present, but we don't know what's going to come out of it. When you pray for something, it doesn't necessarily, or generally not hardly ever is answered the way that you want it. It's answered the way that God needs it to be answered, you know? So, um, you know, like I said, when, when you pray for strength, you know, does, does God go, he's not a genie, you know what I'm saying? He's not like granted, you know, and then you just end up with big (laughs) muscles. No, God puts you in circumstances that build your strength. God doesn't want a lazy Christian. You know what I'm saying? He wants you to, to, to work for what you have. And you never appreciate or truly understand something that you're just given, but those things that you work hard for, you truly have an understanding as to why and what it's like to earn that strength, that courage. God's not going to give you the courage or the strength. He's going to give you circumstances and events that allows you to build that, those courage and strength muscles. So what is Buck's response to the answer? Um, here's his response, and this is one twelve and two one. So um, Conley was talking about this a minute ago. Um, so if all we did was read verses twelve um, and thirteen a, it would look like Habakkuk 
accepted the answers and was content. But um, it show, but but thirteen B F shows that although he accepts the answer, he doesn't like the answer. Um, he begins in verse twelve by claiming that God is eternal. I think the idea is immutability that God does not change is included here. The fact that God does not change is important because it means that God keeps his promises and he has made promises to Israel. So Habakkuk um, knows that God will not totally destroy Israel because of his covenantal promises that were already made. Um, that is why he says we will not die. So he believes God and he trusts God, but he still doesn't fully understand the answer. So Habakkuk knows that God hates evil and is amazed that God would use a nation even more wicked than Judah to punish Judah. Um, after all, um, even though Judah has their problems, he is still better than the Babylonians. At least that was true from man's perspective. If you remember um, Amos, the whole point of Amos was that Israel was worse than all the rest of the nations because she knew better. Um, she had been given the law while the Gentiles had not. The same would apply to Judah here. They weren't better in God's eyes. Um, and God's answer indicates that things are going to get worse, not better. Um, and we discussed this last night too, is what's worse? Somebody who does wrong and doesn't know any better or someone who sits by and lets wrong be done, who knows that they should step in and do something. Um, evil only prevails when good people stand by and do nothing. Um, and it's kind of the same thing that they were just referring to is that the Gentiles didn't know. Um, you know what I'm saying? The Jews absolutely knew. So when they committed wrongdoing or broke covenant or sinned, they knew that they were doing wrong where um, someone else didn't. It's like a child. You know what I'm saying? Like it's different for an adult to make a huge mistake than it is for a child because a child's still learning and a child doesn't know what we do as an adult, especially um, those that understand God's covenant and his laws. So verse 16, when he says they offer a sacrifice to their net, the net was the war machine or might of Babylon. The Babylonians thought that it was their own strength, which allowed to be so successful. They gave no credit to God. Habakkuk wonders how God would allow them to continue like this. And he asked the question in verse 17, what can we learn from this section? When you were talking with someone who has just experienced a tragedy, don't just tell them God is good. He loves you and he will work things out for the best and quote Romans 8, 28 to 29. I think it is okay. Maybe, um, maybe even necessary to cry with them hurt with them, question them, help them work through the pain, not ignore it. Of course, you don't want to stay, um, you don't want to stay there indefinitely, but it is part of the process. So too often Christians think that question or the questioning part of the process is wrong. In fact, uh, Martin Lloyd joins makes the, uh, the statement that in his commentary on Habakkuk, he says that there must be no querying, no questioning, no uncertainty about the goodness and the holiness and the power of God. Um, I disagree. This is an impossible statement because people do have feelings and they have questions. So you either suppress them or you express them. And this is a simple conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like having those temporary doubts um, of, of not understanding 
we're, we're still human and we can't accept that Christ came and died for us because we were human, the flesh, because we were sinners. So we're going to have questions. We're going to ask questions. And this is why, you know, we reach out to someone that's, you know, stronger in their faith than we are at the moment to have these conversations so we can help each other through it. Once again, going back to what I was just saying is, um, help them work through the pain, not ignore it. You know what I'm saying? So talk it out with them because ultimately we come through stronger afterwards, our temporary lack of faith than we were before. So there's a balance between self-pity, hopelessness, resignation, and staying mad at God. As usual, the correct response is somewhere right in the middle. I think it was uh, Howard Hendricks, um, whom I heard say, humans only occasionally achieve balance and they are swinging from one extreme to the other. And I would say that for most humans that I know, um, going back and forth um, because we are emotional, emotional beings, you know, until we can separate ourselves from the flesh and this human and this earth world and focus purely on the kingdom. But that relationship with Christ makes it a whole lot easier than before you know Christ. Because of before that, man, we're a bundle of emotions going back and forth, questioning everything, waving. And, and I've seen this so many times. Um, I knew some people back in the day that I was pretty close friends with. And every time something went wrong, they blamed God for it. Like, God, why would you do this? But when things go right, you never heard them say anything. You know what I'm saying? It was like, oh, thank you, universe. And it's like, okay, how does this work? How do you thank the universe you know, the creation when good things happen, but then you blame God when bad things happen. So in your eyes, God exists when bad things happen, but it's you and the supernatural entities of the universe that create the good things. It can't be one. It can't be like that. You know what I'm saying? Either it's either all God or not God at all. And I believe that it's all God. And like I said, even the bad things, the tribulations, the turmoils that we're having, it's a strengthening process for, for every one of us. So mm -hmm. Habakkuk has received one answer and he has made more questions. So now two, one says that he is going to expectantly wait for another answer from God. He is searching for understanding. So God's answer in two, two through 20, basically God's answer is this. Don't worry about the Babylonians. They will get theirs too. He tells Habakkuk to write this down. What is about to happen is so certain that he should go ahead and record it ahead of time. It means, um, or it seems to tarry verse, but what will happen? So when justice tarries, um, we have the feeling that, uh, that will never come or that will never come, but God promises that it will. It is faith in God, which makes us believe that there is a light at the end of every tunnel. It is the light and the end of the tunnel, which helps us make it through the times that we're going through right now. It is the pregnant lady's knowledge that the pregnancy will finally end that helps her endure. It is the soldier's hope of escape or rescue that helps him endure as a prisoner of war. And it is when there is no hope that people commit suicide. Um, in 2.4, we have much quoted verse, God says the righteous will live by faith. Some translations have faithfulness, but um, both ideas are involved. You really can't separate the two. Faith is what you believe. Faithfulness is acting according to what you believe. So James deals with this principle in James 2. Um, you might say that faith and faithfulness is not true and perhaps use the illustration of someone who knows that smoking is bad for them, but doesn't stop. 
if you could really know their heart, you would find that they don't think anything will happen to them. It is the same syndrome in which people think accidents only happen to other people. But what is faith? It is trusting God, not for now, but for life. Um, we saw this explained in uh, Hosea. So um, what does faithfulness look like? It is faithfulness to God's law. It is following the moral standards of the Ten Commandments, which we can summarize as loving God and loving one's neighbor. There um, were still righteous people in Judah. There is always a remnant of God always preserves them in the midst of his judgment. We see this point repeated in several of the prophets. This verse tells them that Habakkuk's um, what they are, what they need to do. So in two five, Babylon is compared to a drunkard. Those appetite for more wine is never satisfied. In fact, the Babylonians were, were famous for their drunkenness. It was doing one of their drinking parties that the Cyrus of the Persians, which we'll be getting into here probably in the next couple of days, um, were able to sneak into the city and defeat the Babylonians. The Babylonians were never content with the size of their empire. They tried to conquer more and more. Only a relationship with God can satisfy. Um, everything else is just constant thirst for something that you're never going to satisfy. God is the only thing that quenches the thirst that you are trying to receive or look for. So I think there is an important concept to think about the verses four through five. The proud person puts himself first and goes out um, ab and abusing others. In contrast, the righteous had the humility to put others before self and to do things for the good of others. So next, um, Habakkuk gives a series of woe, oracles to describe how bad Babylon is. But he doesn't mention Babylon in these descriptions. Um, he may have done that, um, that they would be taken more as a universal principle or description of evil than focusing on to one place. So we can relate to many of these descriptions that he gives that their progression is here. And I think among these four, um, or excuse me, I think among the first four, one is sin that leads to the next. So these are some of the woes to be proud, to be greedy, to be dishonest, to be violent, to be sensual, to be an idolizer. The proud person thinks they deserve better. They want more. They will do anything to get it. This um, sensual person is searching for a fulfillment through experiences, mainly sexual. The idolater looks at everything else but God to make his life work. And these characteristics certainly apply to the 20th century. I'd say more than it did back in that time, or at least as much. So 216 through 17 shows that there is time for judgment would come or their time for judgment would come too. So Habakkuk's prayer of praise. And this is three, one through 19. So in chapter one, Habakkuk was low. He was despairing because of the evil that was around him. And in chapter two, he goes up to the watchtower to wait for the second answer. Now in chapter three, we see him praising God. And the last phase of the book is, and makes me walk on my high places. This book, Habakkuk, excuse me, <laughs> steady progression upwards of spiritually towards God. So he now understands and he offers a prayer and praise because God is in control now, was then, and is always in control even today. So he pleads for mercy in the midst of this judgment. You can find this in one through one and two. He is afraid of what is coming. He knows it will be awful. Undoubtedly, he will suffer too, maybe personally. 
but at least through witnessing the death and destruction of those around him. He praises God's majesty and power. And this is three through 15. He promises to wait on the Lord 16 through 19. And he is coming or what is coming is frightening, but he commits himself to wait and trust in God. And at the beginning of the book, I mentioned that Habakkuk's name meant embrace or wrestle. And we've seen him wrestle through these many questions that he has had about God. But what is his final response? It's to embrace and to trust God. And that is ultimately what this lesson comes about, is that things just like today are ugly. They're nasty. And we have the same exact question. We are all Habakkuk's right now. Every one of us are. We question what's going on. We question why would God allow this? Why would God um, allow evil to prevail? Two-tier justice system. Why are the good people being held accountable for crimes that they didn't commit? We see this ourselves every single day, and we have these same questions, but we stand by our faith because we know how the book ends. We say this at the end of the show every night, God wins. Um, do we have faith in God? Do we trust God or not? And it has to be an all-the-way thing. Not just now, not just tomorrow, but every day from here to that day that we leave this earth and even while we're in heaven, which we'll definitely know. But like I said, it's okay to question because we end up ultimately strengthening faith through the questions that we have, but we can't lose our faith. So Conley, do you have anything that you want to add to this? I think one of the neat things about this book is one, it's short. It's three chapters. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. But even though it's short, when you when you look at it in, in its entirety of what it is, he asks a question of God. God responds to him. He has it, or he has a complaint, and then he and God responds to that. He has another complaint, but he says he's going to stand fast. He's going to wait on God, and then he gets his answer, and then he prays at the end. But he knows what's coming, like you were saying, and he has all and lists everything in, in chapter three that he knows is going to happen. And at the very end, he says, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer, and he enables me to tread on the heights. So I would add this. It's okay to take everything that you have going on in your life to God and question that you can ask him questions. It's not questioning about God, but essentially it kind of is, but you're asking questions. He'll give you an answer. And I think you said something really important. It'll be the one that you need that yes. God knows you need. And it may not be the one that you want, and it may not be something that you want to hear, but it'll be the one that you need to hear. And that's what he did with Habakkuk and Habakkuk said, okay. in his prayer, I see all of this calamity happening, but I know that God has made me this way. And so I'm okay with that. But the whole book is just a conversation with God. Very, yes. very similar to, um, you know, the, the early or large part of the Psalms that David did. Yes. Because David, David railed at God. David was raged at God. He was angry. Where are you? Why are you letting this happen to me? And then you actually see David actually work through things as he hears from God and then and then you can see the highs and the lows all through those psalms that way. And this actually, to me, it, I don't get that same kind of feeling that David 
you know, that I do when I read the Psalms, but when you read this and then understand what it is that God, that he, that God had Habakkuk do, um, and how important it was, but you just see this simple, this not so simple, but simple conversation, um, that can be a little worrisome on obviously Habakkuk's side, but it's public. He didn't keep it private. No, he wrote about, you know, he the, wrote it's about written it. about, exactly. yeah, it's written about. And I think that's the, uh, to me, that's the neat thing is that you can take your stuff to God in a manner, a whole manner of ways. And he's going to respond to you. And you may be like, well, I'm still, I don't know. I'm going to, you know, just like we do with each other when we talk. Oh yeah. And that response made it in the scripture and it was important. Yeah. And it goes back to what we always talk about. Sometimes the most powerful thing is someone's own testimony. And it's mm-hmm. an example to all of us. So I'm, before I go in the prayer, I'm going to read this. This is Ecclesiastes 1.9, which you guys all know. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Um, guys, if you ever have a question, like Conley said, we talked about at the beginning, the answer is always in prayer or scripture. Once again, what has been done will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Um, all the answers have already been written. And it wasn't a coincidence that what was chosen to go in the living word is in the living word. Because, I mean, it's it's literally any question that you could possibly have has been is mentioned somewhere in one of the many books in the New Testament and the Old Testament. Yeah, nothing new under the sun. Yeah. You're special and uniquely made. But at the same time, you're really no different in a lot of ways because of your human nature and your sin. And at the same time, there's all of the good qualities that God has made you with, but which which makes you different. And at the same time, <clears throat> what you're going to be talking about, you will be able to find that in any one of the 66 books. Yes. So, and obviously God being God, there's not really anything that you're going to go to him and he's going to go, oh, wow, I never thought of that. (laughs) That's a, that's a new one. You're right. You know, and I, you know, and I don't, you know, God obviously has a sense of humor. I don't think he has sarcasm. No, I was about to say, (laughs) yeah, he may be sarcastic, like, duh, I didn't think of that. Oh, wow, you caught me. That was a good one. I don't know what to do. Ha, 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 whatever. (laughs) You know, I don't (laughs) but he i don't think he does but he may but so what if he does i mean you're the one we're the ones that didn't take the time to be calm and get 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 our emotions calm down a little bit and go look and read what other people have done when you don't know where to go right now we plug in an in address and it gives us a roadmap before we had phones we had to look at maps goes and we had to look at maps why because they showed us where to go they showed us the fastest way to get there they showed us how to get where we wanted and needed to go and that's exactly what the bible is yes so instead of throwing your hands up and running around like a chicken with your head cut off, like we all can admit that we have done at some point in time, whether that was, you know, four hours ago or whether it was four months ago or 40 years ago, and you've been able to, you know, we're all in different places. You can go back to that book and look at the roadmap and read about it and talk to the guy 
whose words they are. You know, and it's even better, even easier than it ever has been before because we've got concordances. We have the internet, you know what I'm saying? So like mm -hmm. literally all you have to do is type in anything and then put Bible behind it and it'll end up bringing you to every bit of scripture that you could possibly yep. need. Yep. Yeah. Um, Amazing how that worked. I wonder who caused that to happen. Was it man? I mean, it was man, but who made man? Yeah. See, and that's another example right here of God using questionable things in order to serve right. his purpose is that he, sure. he allows us to use our enemy's weapon. Social media, internet was created to destroy us, to, to yeah. separate us, to make us more antisocial. Um, but God is allowing us to use this in order to spread gospel, to spread the word, to have these conversations, you know? So another example of questionable things being used in our own favor or God's TikTok. Own favor. Yeah. TikTok, TikTok. Exactly. I mean, that, that, that horse is out of the barn as far as the data collecting goes. And I think people know that. So they're like, why do I want to remove that when you have, People who you have narcissists who are using it for that purpose and everything else, but then you also have good people. A lot of the stuff that you play, a lot of the stuff that we play come obviously from our ability to share it across all of these different platforms, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, or, um, you know, X formerly known as the twit, all of them, all of them, you know, what their weapon was is now our tool. Yes. And then we obviously can turn that into a weapon as well but it's it's a tool and it's a in my opinion it's a hammer and a sledgehammer against them it's not a hammer and a sickle it could be both <laughs> well i don't know we don't want to go full soviet union <laughs> but, but look at look at you know why would you find you know during the hearings that we talked about uh, you know so many months ago when the Senate and the House and you had Democrats that were coming down on big tech, it's exactly the big tech stuff that they 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 have to have and they want and needed to have. That was all for show. Mm -hmm. Say same with the TikTok thing. What 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 did they end up doing? They didn't pass any resolution, even they didn't pass a law. They didn't, they just brought people in front and then basically made people aware of it. Drew people and, and, and I think a lot of that drew more people to those platforms, but that's okay. Again, like you said, God's going to use it and he's going to use us to be able to get his word out. Exactly. Everyone yeah. is. And like I said, it's not a coincidence that we were picked to be here at this moment. Mm -mm. Um, you know, uh, I'm going to, before I go into prayer. So PS4 and seven says, uh, what the devil uses for evil, God will change for good. And that's 100%. kind of, yeah, that's kind of what our, our topic of, of our focus of this week is, is, um, you know, because it does get really hard watching this, but, you know, there's so many examples in scripture of exactly what we're going through right now. So, you know, hopefully, you know, going back and discussing, you know, what took place back then puts people a little bit at ease, you know what I'm saying? And, and gives us that patience that becomes harder and harder to maintain on a daily basis. Cause it does, man. Some days are, are a little harder than others, but you know, if you ever get to that point, um, reach out to any one of us, talk to any one of us here in this chat. Um, like I said, this is why God put us together. It's, you know, there's a reason that he brought us all together. And that is so that we can get through this a little bit easier. Um, like I said, we're here to unify. We're here to morale, you know, be each other's cheerleaders. Um, 
have the answers. Like I said, because fortunately, God always times it to where one of us are at a time of weakness. There's a hundred more of us that are in time of absolute strength. And it works out so well that way because we're constantly lifting each other up. So exactly, JD23, everyone just needs to breathe. That's a <laughs> lot of will, it. And we Stay will even keeled and very reasoned. Exactly. Yes. Satan wants you Satan wants you in a state of chaos and confusion. God, what do you, you know? Okay, back to the stories. What did God do with the disciples in the boat? Calmed it. Yeah, he calmed it. They the were story. all in fear, calmed it. And then some dude decided to say, I see you. I'm going to get out of it. And I'm going to walk. Man, good old Simon Peter. You know it. You know it. And that's what he has us here to do. Is to be the people who can tell the other ones in the boat it's okay. And then all the ones who are out in the water thinking that they're going to drown, we can throw them a life vest called Jesus Christ, and then we can bring them in the boat, calm them down. Yeah. Then we can teach them how to step out of the boat and go walk themselves. Yeah, we should all at this point be ready to step out of that boat. Small mustard seeds, moving mountains, healing removing demons we got a big job coming ahead of us like i said you know we sure do. If, if we can't if we can't um handle these waters imagine how difficult it's going to be to handle the waters that are ahead of us mm -hmm. because it's not going to get better before it gets really better now it's going to be awesome at one point but we're going right. to go through some craziness that makes what we're dealing with right now look like a friendly stay at disney world yeah well, you're going to be wishing you're going to be wishing for those scary class two rapids yeah yeah exactly. as you're going through the fives as you're the, going down the as you're going down the waterfall <laughs> yeah but i tell you what man the guy driving the boat knows what he's doing and he's known for millennia before before he even created you he knew who you were and he told you he'd never leave you nor forsake you exactly Mm -hmm. amen truth patriot because god gives us strength every single day and i'm grateful for that man i'd be a big mess right now if i didn't have this relationship matt and hev it is always darkness before dawn um Suski, jesus left us what he started but we know that jesus doesn't ever start something that he's not going to finish you know god make sure of that um abide in the ship guys I, I love what you're bringing through um all of this stuff just mm -hmm. buy a bunch of uh white tape for your knuckles <laughs> time to wrap it up i've already got my uh my boxing glove wrapped you know i wonder there was only one time that jesus said it is finished and that was on the cross i wonder oh no it was done as in everything was already set forth in the motion and everything that was promised to come after was going to be fulfilled yes yeah and so i wonder if 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 that phrase or very something similar will happen when he comes back and we're <laughs> in the realm that we're supposed to be in and go, it's finished. We're good. You know? Oh, well, yeah. And I then think, I, does he high five? Do we get to high five? At I the know, end? man. I hope we get a big old <laughs> high five, man. <laughs> but I tell you what, the, I tell you what, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Whether we go home and let's say, let's say this takes another thousand years, right? We do get the high five, though. When he looks on you and you are told, well done, good and faithful servant, you were high five then. Yep. It's, it's like a football game, and we'll get the slap on the butt. Like, get back in there. 
you'll want to get back in there and he'll be like, no, well done, good and faithful servant. I got another, I got other folks down there working. Exactly. Because I want to hear the words, I know you, (laughs) not I never Mm -hmm. knew you. Yeah. I'd be like, (laughs) oh. Yeah, like I never knew you. I was like, oh man, see, and that all that brings it all back around into the circle of what you're doing right now. What are you doing right now? And and I think that the uh, you may what you talked about tonight was good because you can have those moments of questioning. It's just don't turn all, don't go one eighty and go completely the other way. Yeah, because then he will turn his back on you. Yeah, exactly. And you don't ever, and like I said, we're at the point now, we've got the faith. You have the questions and that's okay. Because like I said, questioning is going to strengthen your faith in the long run. But we're in this game till the very, very end. We're not going to, mm-hmm. none of us here are going to be the ones that turn our back. You know, and and God knew what was going to happen. And there's a lot of people, like I said, it could be something is this fake alien invasion or something they try to put on us. And then people are like, wait a minute, that doesn't line up with the Bible. And then they start questioning everything they ever knew. Um, this is where your faith has to be strong because we were also warned that there would be great wonders and deceptions. There would be, uh, you know, basically look what the uh, false prophet's going to bring to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, illusions or trickery, yeah. the deception of the devil. Everything he's doing is to limit God's children on this earth and to have us questioning everything that we thought we knew. Right. So I would, I, I would, the last thing before we get, before yeah. you start praying, I would be mindful. I would be mindful of the boasting as we talk about things that, that are coming. Well, I'm not going to do that. I, I'm, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, I'm going to act this way. Now I'm not talking about you specifically, yeah. right? I'm just talking about people in general. Be mindful of that. Don't forget what Peter said he would do mm-hmm. or wouldn't do. Yeah. Right. Okay. It's one thing to be, it's one thing to affirm something it's another to boast about what you would do in a situation that you probably haven't yet been put into yes so that goes back that pulls you back into a place of humbleness first of all um because you'll begin you realize you're still human and you still have a sin nature but then it gets you internal. You internalize that strength. It doesn't have to be an outward verbal strength, but you can internalize that. That actually makes you stronger, and then you're more in that quiet man mode, and you will be a doer instead of a sayer. Yeah, you know, and I, like I said, I, I can't say how any of us or myself, much less, would react sure. in a situation. Exactly. But I will say that I will say that I will never turn my back on God. Exactly. That, exactly. That one I and, can assure because, you know, because mm-hmm. I can't forget what he's done for me. Exactly. And, and, and that's different. That's different. You know, um, I, I really think that's different. It, if we s- stay in that place, we're good. And then anything else out of the order above that, we kind of set ourselves up for failure. Yeah. And then we have to deal with that. Think about what Peter had to go through when he did it three times and he was proven right, you know, what, what did he, as a person, you go, man, that's just a lot of shame. Oh my gosh. I failed God. Oh man. Oh man. Now everything came out of the back end of that. Right. Cause we know what happened with him later, but that, 
we just need we gotta we can be aware of that you yeah. know i just hope that i hear the rooster crow before i make a stupid mistake as a reminder <laughs> of the stupid mistake that i was about to make i got up this morning i went out real early and it was like 5 30 and the sun was barely coming up and and there were roosters people do have chickens around here and <laughs> the roosters were crowing and i was like I didn't deny God. That. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the rooster going off, right? That's what I'm saying. I hope I get the rooster crow before I make the mistake as a reminder. It's like Peter. Mm-hmm. It's like now yeah, I can't Peter. hear I can't hear a rooster without Imagine. automatically <laughs> thinking of that verse. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> I am totally not denying you. I'm exactly. Not, but here's the great not. thing about scripture is that I mean, it's almost like life. Every time you see or hear something that reminds you of something in scripture, it reminds yeah. you of the mistakes that you could make, will make, or, you know, need to focus on the faith and so forth. So like mm-hmm. everything can be a reminder of God. If you're focused enough on scripture, God gives us these little hints and reminders like every single day. And they're awesome. They're completely different reminders than your wife just going, oh, you forgot to load the dishwasher. It was a totally different take. Hey, my my wife God, when, when has God never said you. that. And I'm grateful because Not I yet. I keep the dishwasher loaded. Actually, I cook the food. And so does she. She actually made some right. pretty darn good cookies. So thanks for the cookies, babe. Ooh, um, so, see, I'm looking forward to those. So we better get into some prayer before my show cuts off on me because we've already been going two hours and I've been lucky oh, enough to get ooh. like 14 minutes. So everybody, we're gonna I'm not gonna rush the prayer, but if it breaks off, um, there's an amen that comes after the prayer. So everybody, please bow your heads. Heavenly Father, thank you again for another day. Thank you for bringing us all together and inspiring us with these these topics and always giving us the answers that we seek, dear Lord. Um, Even if we don't know where to look exactly in Scripture, you always have this great way of leading leading us to it, whether it be someone else in our lives handing us that verse or us finding it just in random ways, dear Lord just opening up the Bible and popping into a verse that is exactly what we needed to hear. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for all the testimonies and the lessons of the apostles, disciples, the prophets, and other people within Scripture that show us that life today isn't much different than it was then. And they got through these times. Sometimes it wasn't always beautiful, dear Lord, but it was beautiful when they entered heaven by serving you. So let us have that courage and that bravery, the same bravery and courage that they had back then. Let us be willing to give our lives for you, dear Lord, because we love you so much and because we appreciate all you've done, just like you giving your life for us. We can do the same for you without question. But dear Lord, if you so see it fit to give us another day tomorrow and another day the next day, let us utilize every moment. Let us make the seconds count, dear Lord, as we serve you and we build up our faith and help others build theirs, dear Lord. On the days where we have a lack of faith or a little bit lower faith and we have some questions, dear Lord, I ask that you send the righteous people that we've known right here in our family into our lives to give us that that little lift that we need, dear Lord. As I say often, when we stumble upon that narrow path, let another one be there to lift us right back up as they will be there to do the same for us, dear Lord, if we ever get into that as well. And I thank you for building the army, for bringing us all together, dear Lord. I ask as we walk into, we get closer to the next uh, Bards Fest revival, that you let everybody get to where they're going safely, Father, 
and hold the chaos off so they can get home safely as well. Let us utilize this event to come together in great prayer to make the biggest difference, dear Lord, as the revival has begun and the revivals are picking up around this world. People are coming back to you more than they ever have, Father. We also know there will be some that lose their faith and turn their backs, Father. Don't let that be any of us. Dear Lord, let us always stand firm. Let us never forget a day to repent and to pray in thanks for all that you have given us. Never let us forget. Let us never hold a grudge against you, dear Lord, because you do no wrong. We are the ones that do wrong. And you understand that, which is why you sent your son here to die so that we had a chance to get into heaven. And Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for having the patience with every single one of us to get us to the point where we are today. And I ask, dear Lord, that you give us that same divine patience with other people so that we can give them the same love and respect and the faith that you've given us, dear Lord, because we know that you can turn anyone's heart around to be the greatest person ever. So many examples in scripture of that, dear Lord, and I see the same thing happening today. Dear Lord, let those people that have raised fists against us, called us names, turned their backs on us, and done some pretty horrible things to us. Let us let that go. Let us not hold a grudge. Let us not clench our fist, dear Lord, but hold our arms out with a big hug so we are right there to help that person turn them around and peek under that veil that you lift up for us more and more every day. And Father, I also thank you for letting us see what's under that veil already, understanding the truth, seeing what's truly taking place in this world and how it fits into the prophecy and the scripture that is in the Bible, dear Lord, that is leading us down that narrow path that we are on right now. Let us all stand firm, have the courage and the strength that we're going to need to get into this battle. And Father, please give us the discernment, most importantly, the wisdom that we need to discern the knowledge that we have flowing to us every single day, to use it in a righteous way, in your way, instead of a way that harms others. Let us always remember the importance of being humble and let go of our ego, dear Lord. And the devil makes that really difficult here on this earth. But we know, dear Lord, that everything that we do here is because of you. And it keeps us humble, dear Lord, knowing that we are your vessels. We are your servants. We are here. We are your arms, your legs, and your eyes, and your voices right here on this earth. So don't let us waste this opportunity, dear Lord. Let us wake up every single day. Thank you for another day. Thank you for what you have blessed us with and set forth into that mission that you have given every single one of us. Because our mission is nothing but a puzzle piece and the greater puzzle. Our mission is nothing but a cog and a greater machine, dear Lord. And if we fail our mission, others will fail theirs. It is important that we all stand up. We all have the faith, the courage, the strength, the discernment, the wisdom, and everything that we need, dear Lord, so that we can help others fulfill their mission, which is your ultimate greater mission. Dear Lord, the war plan has been made. You knew this from the beginning. We know how this ends, dear Lord, and I thank you for that. And that gives us a lot of faith, patience, and confidence to get into this time. So let us be ready, dear Lord, to walk into that battlefield with bullets flying past our head with the same faith, strength, and courage that we need, dear Lord. We may be afraid, but that's the thing about courage, Father, is courage allows us to take that fear, shove it down, and walk right through it for a greater cause. And there's no greater cause than serving you right here on this earth. Heavenly Father, we love you with all of our hearts. In Jesus Christ's name and our Heavenly Father's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Right on, right on. That's how you do two hours, kids. Yeah, that's how you do two hours. Or, Con do two or Conley's hours. four hours. <laughs> yeah, it was four hours. That's how you do two hours. That was good. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah, Conley, man, you did a long one, man. And uh, like I said, standing up, covering, man, it's awesome. And uh, it's I... 
will probably, I don't know how much time I'm going to have, probably for another couple of songs before they boot me off. Like I said, I'm lucky that I got over two hours so far. How did you do that? I'm, I mean, I know it's because you're Duncan freaking McGregor, but because you are. And you're Joseph freaking McGregor too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> friggin' is my middle name, just in case you guys didn't know that. <laughs> Cheat codes, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> it, the, the code is I love Jesus. And they're afraid that they're afraid to break that code. <laughs> but now I'm at 207 right now. Last night they gave me until about 214. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. What are you still doing here? That's yeah, now we're paying attention. <laughs> yeah, maybe they do quit paying attention after midnight. <laughs> they're sleepy. They're tired. Exactly. Don't don't feed don't feed your gremlins after midnight and then uh ignore anybody who is doing righteous work after midnight. And well, don't there. and don't feed the little alien mummies in Mexico when he reaches pieces. That'll wake them up. <laughs> exactly. And JG23, it's great to see you back here too. I hope, brother, you make it here more often, man. And uh it was it was awesome to see you back in here. It's been a long time. But uh Conley, brother, I want to thank you again for being with us. And I guess Livin may have gone to sleep and I'm good. I'm hoping she's gonna be feeling a little bit better. I'm not sure if it's like allergies or what. It's what happens when you jump from the very dry climate of Arizona the very humid climate of, of kentucky. kentucky exactly so hopefully she's feeling a little bit better um hopefully she's getting a little bit of rest but conley i love you brother i want to thank you so much for uh doing your two hours and then coming here and doing another two hours with me you betcha man it's 47 pots of coffee today yeah 47 oh man i'm only on 46 i got another coffee uh, another pot to make <laughs> you got a little ways to go exactly uh, i'm just thankful for uh for Crafty and Steve, the espresso maker that gets me through the day and it gets me through the night. You guys are awesome. Um, but once again, Conley, thank you so much. And thank all of you out here for joining us for Kilted Christian episode 458. Habakkuk. We'll get back into tomorrow. I believe uh, it's Thursday. So John will be here with this. And then uh, we will get back into, I think, Cyrus on um Friday or Saturday. So we'll see what we're going through. And we will be doing a brothers and a brothers fiance in a Bible on Saturday and on Sunday. But in the meantime, guys, I love you very, very much. And I leave you with this. And we're going to do a song or two as I get done after this. We'll see how long I have before they kick me off. But if I am kicked off in the meantime, I love you guys very much and have a beautiful night. But in the meantime, I leave you with this. Friends and family. Don't ever forget that when the devil and our enemies find us on our knees, assuming that we've been defeated, that we're actually in prayer, which is the greatest sword in our armory. And the real war is just about to begin. I want to thank everybody for joining us for another episode of The Kilted Christian, which is the second show in the Bards block of Bards Nation Network. Don't forget to go watch Fishers of Men tonight and every night at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. And just like in old radio fashion, we sign out with the national anthem. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we held at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare the bombs burned
night that I fled and was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled thunder get
got time for one more before they boot me off, and I'll probably boot off before them, but I'm going to end with some cure since Conley brought it up. Here's the forest.
Just to 